Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hey everybody, it's Sandy, and welcome to Last First Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And if you're not in midlife, that's okay too, because all of these dating and love tips and relationship tips apply to people of all ages and stages and genders. Um, But my focus has always been women over 40. And I am excited today to be speaking with life and business coach, TEDx speaker and writer, Tanya Geisler, about imposter complex and how it impacts dating. This is going to be a really fun conversation. Um, But before I bring her on, I just wanted to say that I have been a dating and love coach for about 11 years now, and I have helped so many women who were really stuck in love move past their blocks and find the love of their life in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. I have a client who's in her 70s now who just really connected with a man and found probably, not probably, definitely the most delicious relationship that she's ever had. And the secret is that she found her value first. She learned to love herself, to honor herself, and to speak up, to speak her needs. And that is what I stand for, um, what I call the woman of value movement. And the motto is, show up, stand up, speak up. These are the three most important pillars in becoming a woman of value and having the best life and the best love. And now I'm excited to support women at work, not just in their love lives, but at work. And I'm planning some lunch and learns, a whole series of courses in how to communicate more effectively at work because I see so much out there that women are speaking up more than ever before, but they're still not being heard. And they're not getting valued or promoted in the ways that they should be. And so I'm going to give them the skills so they can do that. Uh, Every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value. And this week's tip is be playful. This is missing in so many people's lives. And I know that Tanya went to the same coaching school that I did, um, CTI or the Coaches Training Institute. And one of the things we did at the beginning was a wheel of life. And in that wheel, we had eight sections of a person's life, and one of them was play and recreation, and I would fi- or fun and recreation. And I would find that almost everyone had a really low score on that part of how they were living into the values around fun, play, and recreation. And this is such an important part of our lives. I know that if I didn't have play and fun and laughter every day, I'd probably be like a really sad, un- unhappy really not fun person to be around. Um, but so it's it's just so important to be playful because it's actually as a woman, and I'm speaking to the women out there, play is part of our femininity, and it's something that we suppress so much. So we're going to talk about stuff like that when Tanya comes on. Um, one more thing before I bring Tanya on is that um, I'm so excited that this week was our very first call for the Woman of Value Club. This is a new membership program that just started in November this month, and it's an ongoing program. We had our call of the month about how to date online as a woman of value, and oh my God, 
we had so many women on the call, and they were all so excited. Right after the call, they got onto the Facebook group and started posting millions of their, you know, things about online dating, and they were they were totally applying what they learned right away, which was so exciting. That's really what I love to see. So if you are interested in getting in to this amazing exclusive club that is at a very low, low cost, go to lastfirstdate.com and click on the group button in um, group coaching button and you'll you'll get right to the page where you can join. All right, so now for Tanya Geisler, she is a certified life and business coach. She is a TEDx woman speaker. She's a writer. She teaches women and women-identified people how to step into their starring roles, own their authority, and overcome the imposter complex in their life, in their work, and in their life's work. So join me now for episode number 332, Tanya Geisler on imposter complex and how it impacts dating. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Thank you, Sandy, and congratulations on the group and 332. That is a lot of episodes. That's amazing. (laughs) And that doesn't include all the ones I had to delete because people showed up 15 minutes late and, you know, um, this was back in the day when I I was just starting the show and I had some people Uh on the show would never have back again um but now i have awesome guests like you talking about this incredible incredible topic so what is imposter complex let's start there okay first of all i am so in the right place when you say we are going to have so much fun today talking about the imposter complex (laughs) that lights me up from the inside because i do find this topic to be endlessly fascinating and you know it's a it's a tricky thing that so many of us that have strong values of mastery integrity and excellence experience and so i always start with a tiny bit of a history lesson because i'm a big fan of attributing the teachers um, imposter phenomenon was the first time it was named as such by clinical psychologists Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes. And they were working with these high-functioning, high-achieving women uh, back in 1978, and they saw that there was this through line uh, with all of these very successful women that they seemed to be incapable of internalizing their success. Okay, so any success that they... Mm-hmm had, they would chalk it up to luck or fluke or timing or having somehow managed to, you know, pull the wool over somebody's eyes. Uh, But they would never, uh, or very rarely, or with great difficulty, I'll say, would they acknowledge their own contribution. Any failures they had, they were more than able to identify with. They were more than able to internalize that. So Mm -hmm. it was named as such as the imposter phenomenon in 78, but we actually know that, you know, it obviously predates, the experience predates the naming of it. Um, We, you know, bioevolutionary scientists speak about it as being an instrument of evolution to make sure we don't mutate too fast. Uh, ancient sages of, of India speak about a chala or fraud factor. So, like, it's, 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 it's up. <laughs> yeah. It has very long roots. And it's really just part of our fundamental um, need to belong, you know, uh, as, as, a, as a tribal species. You know, we, we belong to, to tribes and, and we always want to belong. So that's what it's really 
concerned about is, is, is how we are belonging, how we are stacking up, how we are relating to each other. Mm. So, so many of us feel that we're imposters in, in yeah. our lives. And, yeah. um, but I, lo- I love that you bring up the blame, the self, you know, when we make mistakes and screw up, because I've seen mm-hmm. this so much in my field as well, like um, something goes wrong in a relationship and women are so quick to say, what did I do wrong? Right. What did I do wrong? And it's like, it's not always about you doing something wrong. <laughs> Um, right. You know, it takes two in a relationship to make something not work. Um, so how how did you get so immersed in this, this field that you ended up making a career about it? Well, not dissimilar to Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes, I couldn't help but notice this through line that I would see ribboning through my really high-functioning, high-achieving clients, um, coaching clients. And you know, it didn't matter that they have, were on the Today Show or, you know, were best-selling authors or were at the top of their game. They seem to have this – they seem to be incapable of internalizing any of that. And so it got really – it actually was just – it was just this, like, flash of brilliance. Somebody named it as such, and I thought, oh, that's that thing that's been – you know, the shadow that I just can't shake my whole life. It didn't matter, you know, what awards I'd won or um, I just never seemed to be able to believe in my own, my own PR, I guess. And so Mm -hmm. I got really curious about what it was. And I saw that uh, I, I, could see where it was doing what it's supposed to do. It's got three main objectives. It wants to keep us out of action. It wants to have us doubt our capacity and it wants to keep us alone and isolated. And so all of those are really awful experiences. So I really started to get curious about how we cope with it or how we try to cope with the experience or to, you know, how do we try to cope with avoiding the experience of feeling like the imposter? And that's where it started to get really, really fascinating for me. And where I think what I know about the imposter complex and where I really think it dovetails beautifully with your work, uh, because these behavioral traits that we go and hang out in to avoid feeling like the imposter um, is really what can be in the way of us getting what it is that we deeply want, um, whether it's in our relationships, our vocation, uh, or really like just in the activation of our lives, these behaviors that we go to to avoid feeling the imposter get in the way. Yeah, totally. Um, so I just wanted to repeat what you said before that the three things the imposter complex does. It wants to keep us out of action, doubt our capacity, and keep us alone and isolated. And mm-hmm. it's the opposite of what we really want in our lives, but we sabotage ourselves. So so how do we begin to break out of it? And then I want to talk about how it dovetails into the dating world and love and how it gets in the way. So the... Oh gosh! Honestly, like every time I think about this, I think I see this as a really huge kind of structure. So I'm always trying to find a different way to come into it. So there's a lot of different ways that we can access breaking it down, and and one is I have a, a resource called the Twelve Lies of the Imposter Complex, and they are really specific. You know, you're not ready yet. Your self-doubt is proof of your inadequacy. Um, You can't trust the praise of others. So sometimes I have people listen for whatever lie 
is in the way for them or the one that is up the most for them. And then we can kind of reverse engineer how to move around. But usually, well, not usually, always, we need to come back to those three objectives, out of action, doubting capacity, and alone and isolated, and apply strategies that deal with those head on. But even before we go there, I want to just touch on very briefly what those behavioral traits are because those are really the things that are in our way. So we want to we'll hide out in procrastination or perfectionism or diminishment or comparison or people-pleasing or leaky boundaries. And sometimes we'll do many of those things, and sometimes we just have like one or two, and sometimes they shape shift. But those are the actual behaviors that are in the way of us getting what it is that we say we deeply want. So I'll just pause again and say, I hope that you heard at the top that the good news about the imposter complex is you're only experiencing it because you've got strong values of mastery, integrity, and excellence. So that's like the Mm -hmm. good news. And the other thing is, is we don't obviously experience it in every aspect of our life, just the aspects that are really important to us, which is like a, <laughs> uh, kind of like a weird good news bit, but it is good news because, you know, that we, we can function in lots of areas in our life, but the ones that are really important, it doesn't matter to me that I'm never going to be truly exceptional in my, you know, my yoga practice, but in my speaking, in my teaching, in my parenting, in my relating, yes, that's, that's that's where it's going to show up for me, where it's deeply meaningful to me. So those behaviors are the ones that I'm really on the lookout for. Are we stuck in procrastination or perfectionism or diminishment or comparison or people-pleasing or leaky boundaries? Because then we have a better sense of what we need to bolster in our own lives so we have a, a better chance of dealing with the imposter complex when it shows up, and it does. Mm. Boy, do I see this so much in my pro coaching practice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's that need to, oh, my God, the people-pleasing, that perfectionism, procrastination, all of this. Um, so so let's, let's talk about it in terms of love. Um, mm-hmm. How do you think it shows up in our love lives? Well, it keeps us from ourselves. And when we are kept from ourselves, we can't connect deeply with others. Mm-hmm. So I just think like that for me, it, it, you, your first, where you start is exactly where you're, you were mentioning that you help people to understand their value. And I think that that is the most essential place to begin. I couldn't agree more because we have to know who we are and operate from that place of authenticity before we even have a remote chance of being able to connect really and truly in love and and relationships. And uh, because of the imposter complex, that's the last place we want to go. So um, I think about this, like if for instance, so I think about there's a, a model that I'm using called the unshakable confidence model, which is the opposite experience of the imposter complex for me. So the imposter complex has us feeling really shaky and uncertain and unsure and alone and isolated and out of action. Unshakable confidence is the opposite of that. And for us to feel a sense of unshakable confidence, we need to be rooted in what I call um, uh, there are these three stool legs of unshakable confidence. And the first is integrity. And the second is presence. And the third is action. 
And so the reason those behavioral traits become so important to understand, if you experience or you get caught up in people-pleasing or leaky boundaries, then that tells me and that tells you, whether you have the same language as me or not, that person is experiencing uh, a wobble, I won't say crisis, but it could be like a wobble of integrity because they're not feeling that deep-rooted foundational sense of self that you're speaking of. So it's hard for them to feel the integrity if it's not, you know, if they're not being able to show up authentically or not having a, an obedience for their vision or maybe they're not honoring their word to themselves. And if we don't have that foundation that we struggle with integrity, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. Cool. And yeah. then presence is this other piece where, and that's really like where we know ourselves and we know what works for us and we know what doesn't work for us so we can make better, more aligned decisions and we have a felt sense of our power. And here's the real kicker, that we can have a reverence for ourselves. And so that's the presence piece. And, and I know that presence can be a challenge if, if somebody experiences a lot of diminishment or comparison and then people please, sorry, um, perfectionism and procrastination tells me that there might be a crisis of action. We're not, we're not willing to fail. We're not resilient. We're not tenacious. So these are all, like, so you can see where all of these different places, how they relate to you know, relationships. If we are not feeling deeply rooted in integrity or if we're not steeped in presence and if we're not taking action, these are all places that we're going to not be able to connect with the person that we are here to connect with or the people we're here to connect with. Yeah, very true. And and there's a lot of really bad dating advice out there that tells you to be something else in order to hook a yeah. guy. I, I know. <laughs> it's like very <sighs> gag worthy. Um <sighs> and it's 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 manipulative, it's fake, and it's deeply shaming because what it's saying is you're not enough. Who you are needs to be changed in order to be lovable and to be irresistible. So you need to wear tighter clothes. You need to show cleavage. You need to straighten your hair, um, grow your hair out, you know, put on red lipstick, (laughs) um, act like you're the cool girl, never make the first move. I mean, there's just so many things that are not really true to who you are as a woman. Mm -hmm. and. Mm-hmm. So you need to get really clear about who you are and how to show up. Um, so I, I think this is just so fabulous. I, I know mm-hmm. that if you are not, if you are not being you, if you are not comfortable yeah. with you, um, in all parts of you, that, that means the vulnerable parts, the parts that are scared, the parts that are, um, you know, afraid to admit. <laughs> to the public, that is something that really increases intimacy instead of mm-hmm. decreases intimacy. What do you think about, about that? I, I couldn't agree more. And it, it breaks my heart that that's, that, that like literally what you're saying is the advice that is coming at people is your boundaries are too strong. You need to have looser, leakier boundaries. And, and mm-hmm. in doing so, you are literally inviting people to, feel like imposters. So, you know, you show up at a date with your hair straightened and uh-huh. your 
top, you know, and unbreathably tight. And, and, and how does one sustain that? You know, and, and, the, and the problem is you are the imposter in that moment because you're not showing up as yourself. And so, yes, yeah, oh, that breaks my heart. And, and I know that it's, these are all it's lovely to have. And the truth is you're just, you're not going to, that relationship isn't going to work if it's based on anything but the truth of who you are, which is mm-hmm. exactly back to your, to your point about you need to understand your own intrinsic value to be able to, A, um, show up as, as you are intended to. I mean, uh, I just like, I feel overwhelmed even just thinking about how, trying to, how to, how to navigate that incredible, um, it's just so counterintuitive to try to, to be somebody that you're not. I, I have a hard time getting my head around it, and I know that that's the advice. So, um, yeah, I, I am a big proponent on doing the very opposite. I'm a big proponent on showing up authentically. I'm the big proponent of knowing exactly what it is that you want that is, you know, really aligned with your vision. And then to honor your word to yourself when you say that you're not going to um, – you know, you say you say to yourself that you're not going to go on this type of a date, or this this person, this type of person raises flags for you, and you're not going to try. Then you have to honor your word to yourself because that can be, you know, if we erode our trust in ourselves, then it gets really, really, really tricky to find the person that we are intended to be with. Very true. Yeah, mm. and I see women always. twisting into a pretzel like saying well you know he's not doing this and I tried to talk to him about it like a hundred times and he's still not doing this and and I'm I'm really angry but she stays you know she stays look I did it for 23 years I stayed in a marriage where my needs were not being met Um, but now I know better and I do better and I think that you know it took a toll I I had to leave to save myself that was like at the yeah. end, I knew that if I didn't get out, it, it just would kill me. And it wasn't, yeah. he wasn't beating me. You know, it was more <laughs> my emotional life was suppressed. My whole, I, my, my being, I wasn't seen, I wasn't appreciated, I wasn't cherished for who I was. And that would never happen in this relationship. It just wouldn't. And yeah. now he's happily with somebody else. I'm happy, and we've been released to go find the right people. So it's all good. As it should be. So I want to just, like, I want to pause for a second because I always think that it sounds, it always sounds like I'm saying that um, procrastination, perfectionism, people-pleasing, leaky boundaries, diminishment, comparison are inherently bad. They're actually not inherently bad. As behaviors go, like, they're kind of like polenta, you know? Like, they, they actually, mm. like, they kind of just take on the essence of whatever is around them. So perfectionism, you know, like, it has served you well to a point. Um, diminishment has maybe kept you safe. Or if you're somebody who actually has experienced what it feels like to uh, have committed what Gay Hendricks calls the sin about shining. Um, And comparison is actually a really useful tool. And even, you know, leaky boundaries, they really can, well, maybe not leaky so much, but, you know, really having an understanding and calibrating our boundaries, that's a good thing. And even procrastination can be about discernment. And definitely people-pleasing can be about 
safety and survival for some people. So in, this is not to suggest that they are actually bad behaviors with a capital B. They're just behaviors that we want to keep an eye on because if we stay stuck in them, if we stay stuck in people-pleasing and leaky boundaries, we do start to we lose ourselves. And then, again, we don't have a fighting chance of actually meeting the person that we are intended to be with, um, least of all ourselves. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because I think that, you know, when you have a sense of perfectionism, you have drive, mm-hmm. you want to, you want to succeed and you want to do well. And it's always just like keeping an eye on that. And I know for myself, like I can have such high standards that in the past it would stop me from creating. And I see this mm-hmm. with, with clients, you know, oh, when I get the next degree, I'll be able to launch, you know, when I just got to go back for one more class and then I'll have enough credentials to be in public. And I have to say, and I was saying this to you a little bit before we started the show today, that the TEDx talk for me was way before I ever really spoke on a stage. It fell in my lap. And I had just started my career as a coach. I had no idea how I was going to do this, but the opportunity came and I freaked out. But then I got support, and so every step of the way, I was I was like, I'm an imposter, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail in front of millions of people because it's going to be put up on their website. Like I had every terrible mm-hmm. thought, but hiring a speech coach, joining Toastmasters, practice, 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 looking up every way to help the nerves got me to the stage when I could have just said, it's too much. I can't do this. And it, it proved to me that with with the right support, I can do pretty much pretty much anything. And that that experience in and of itself has helped me through so many others. And so I, I'm curious, like, if if there's an experience that you can share either in your own life or with a client where they um, work through the imposter syndrome and had success. So I will share my my own TEDx experience because, of course, love, life loves to be super meta, right? So um, when I was invited to do a TEDx talk, I decided that I would be talking about the imposter complex. So, of course, the imposter complex is going to show up loud and proud. <laughs> Who do you think you are to talk about this thing? Um, so, you know, just like you, I... I mean, I always, you know, I could talk about very specific people. I could talk about myself, but I could say very globally, anybody who has ever, ever, ever overcome the imposter complex. And to be clear, my work in the world is not about having us eradicate it because I actually think that the imposter complex is pretty, can be useful, a lot like, you know, comparison and diminishment, all these behaviors, that they aren't, um, those behaviors aren't inherently bad. The imposter complex just is here to let us know that there's something really, really important. And I, my work is about ha- helping people to understand that they have different choices, different choices that they can make. And that it shows up is just a great reminder. This matters. It's a litmus test. So when you freaked out about the TEDx talk, it's because it mattered. When I freaked out about the TEDx talk, it's because it mattered. Um, so I did the thing that everybody does. It's Faye or Maya Angelou or anybody who's ever spoken about the imposter complex. I confronted those three objections head on, the out of action, doubting capacity, and alone and isolated. I made sure that I did the exact thing it didn't want me to do, and that was to 
gather my people, gather my cast, you know, assemble, assemble people around me, just like you did. You got a speaking coach. So I gathered my people and I had, you know, really specific run times with people. Um, doubting capacity. If wants us to doubt our capacity, our job is to root into proof positive about all of the times that we have felt like this before, all of the times, everything that we have done and healed and survived and, and created and delivered and sold um, because it doesn't matter that you'd never done that stage before. You had done other things that were equally terrifying and you <laughs> just jumped and discovered that the party was on the other side of the resistance. So that's our job is to root into proof positive all the times that we did this thing that we hadn't done before because it only really ever shows up at the precipice of our expansion. And then of course, if its job is to keep us out of action, we do need to get into and under what those fears and those inner critics and those realistic projections actually are so that we can clear the path because we're much more mm, sophisticated than just, you know, like, don't believe that and don't believe that and don't believe that. We do need to get into and under what those fears represent. So that's a great time to have um, a coach or somebody who can help you work through the inner critic stuff so you can move through it. But that's what everybody who's ever done something magnificent has ever had to do. They've had to, you know, get into and under why they were trying to be, to keep themselves out of action. They needed to root into proof positive so they could bolster their authority pieces, is what, I, is what I call it. And they need to assemble the cast, make sure they don't go through it alone and isolated. Mm. That's how I did it. Well, That's how you did it. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, and it's like you feel the resistance and you move through it because you have the mm-hmm. tools to do it. And that's that's the key. It's like, you know, a lot of people quit. A lot of people just say it's too hard. I want to stay in my little comfy, little cozy couch and never leave the house and never try anything scary and just kind of live the status quo. And But deep down, they may want something bigger. And so mm-hmm. I just I just love this. I love this conversation. I could talk to you for hours about it because I think it's so, mm-hmm. so important. Um, so, so thank you, Tanya, for sharing all of this wonderful information. I will have everything up on the show notes. And um, if you can share with our audience how they can find you and whether you have any little goodies to give away, now's the yeah. time. They can find me at tanyageisler.com, and if you go backslash quiz, you'll find a very quick quiz that will help you discern which of the behaviors uh, you might go to to avoid feeling like the imposter. So if it's diminishment for you or leaky boundaries, you will find out in this really super quick quiz. So I invite you to try that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, I am excited to see your quiz because I'm going to take it. And um, (laughs) I think that our audience definitely got so much out of today's today's topic. It's just so important to overcome this constant need to be perfect and to people please um, and and really reveal your authentic self because that's where all the good stuff happens. So thank you, Tanya. Thank you for having me. It was such an honor. Really, really happy to be here. My pleasure. And thank you everyone for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review it on iTunes. Um, That really helps us and we're very grateful for that. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.